Hi everyone, so welcome to the live stream today. Very much excited for having you on our next discussion as we continue with the ICA April 2022 examination. And uh, we're looking at limiting factor analysis and I want to uh, go into that and then solve a question with you in relation to what we need to do about limiting factor analysis. Yesterday, we discussed the issue about uh, the various principles using the marginal costing and also the principle when we use the throughput accounting. So what we want to look at. So what we want to look at is to uh, go in and then solve some questions to see what we can do. So give us a thumbs up on the video when you join. Share the video also. Let us reach as many students as possible joining the live stream right here as I share my screen and then bring that up with you. So yesterday we started with a discussion about limiting factor analysis and we shared our thoughts on three key principles or three key issues there. We mentioned that number one, we mentioned that number one, uh, you need to identify the bottleneck process very important and we said the bottleneck process is simply anything that limits the organization or prevent the organization from achieving its objective uh in that particular case and then so we define what the limiting uh, factor is or the bottleneck process is we discussed that in much detail then we that was the step one and i illustrated to you using the washing machine sorry uh, using a salon where we said that we will wash the hair, we dry the hair, and then we braid the hair, and then we see what we can do there. Then we saw also an, an example of how resources such as labor or material could be regarded as limiting factor. But most importantly, we shared our thoughts on the fact that uh, when it comes to determining of a limiting factor, a product cannot be a limiting factor. So the product that an entity is producing cannot be a limiting factor. The service that an entity is ren rendering cannot be a limiting factor. It is the resources that an entity is using in order to uh, produce the product that will be a limiting factor. And that can be either uh, various issues such as materials, labor hours or labor availability, machine hours, machine capacity, or the process that we are using at the end of the day. So yesterday we went through that then I mentioned that when it comes to the second step, which is to design an optimum production plan, uh, there are two schools of thoughts that we need to be aware of and know about. And that is the marginal costing principle, which is the default treatment. And also, <coughs> sorry, we have the throughput principle, which is the alternative treatment. And we saw the various ways through which all these will be done. In case you missed that lecture, you can check the description of this video on YouTube for those of you on YouTube with us, and then you'll be able to get access to uh, watch that particular video, the part one, so that you can watch this and it will continue like that in that case. So let's go straight up into a question we want to uh, look at today. And uh, just a simple question here. You can take a screenshot of it in order for you to be able to uh, get access to it. In that case, so we're going to look at this question that we have here. The requirement of the question is to uh, calculate the optimum production plan and the maximum profit using conventional limiting factor analysis, using conventional 
limiting factor analysis. Now, when the examiner asks us to use the conventional limiting factor analysis, what it means technically is that we are going to be using the marginal costing principle. Does that make sense? So we're going to be using the marginal costing principle. That is what we mean by the conventional limiting factor because remember yesterday i told you that the default treatment for these things will be the issue about uh the marginal costing so the examiner is saying if we use the marginal costing we should design a production plan number one and then we should also calculate the maximum profit for the entity that is number two in that case so let me go straight up into the question pile limited manufactures two products products a and b now we see the cost sheets coming up um we have the products A, products B. We see the selling prices and all other details coming in in that case. So let's look at how we can look, look at it. Now, here, it appears that the entity has identified that the total hours available is 48,000. It means that in this question, we're not going to be the ones determining what the limiting factor is. So definitely, the hours available to us is 48,000. But we want to make sure, like I told you yesterday, even if, if the, even if the examiner has already identified a limiting factor, it will be prudent for us to identify whether really that limiting factor is actually limited. So for that reason, the examiner said only 48,000 of the hours are available, of the machine hours are available. So let's confirm to see if really it is a limiting factor. So that is the first thing we want to do for pi plc so we bring in the products so product a product b we bring in the maximum demand so the maximum demand a and b A and B. So the maximum demand from the question is 20,000 and 10,000 respectively. So 20,000 here. And then 10,000 here. All right. That's the first thing. Then we bring in the machine hours per unit. Two hours and one hour. So machine hours per unit. Two and then one so we multiply up and that is going to be an amount of 40,000 here and then 10,000 here so total machine hours required if we want to make this product It's going to be 50,000 hours. But how many hours do we have available? So total machine hours available. It's 48,000. So you realize that there is a shortage here. Hence, labor is a uh, machine hours is a limiting factor. So there is a shortage of 2,000 here. For that reason, the labor hours becomes what? A limiting factor. Are you getting it? The labor hours becomes a limiting factor. So, did I say labor machine hours? So, therefore, 
Maskinen är S. S är limiting factor. Now, like I said, there was nothing in this question that requested us to do this. But anytime we are doing limiting factor analysis, even if the examiner has specifically identified that something is a limiting factor, like I told you yesterday, you must do the calculation to confirm whether really what the examiner is saying is true or not true. Because if really the entities does not have a limiting factor, then there is no need for us to go through the marginal costing principle to rank the product and do all of those things. Does that make sense? So we, we always have to do this workings to actually determine whether we are dealing with a limiting factor question or not. Sounds good? I see some of you guys joining. You are welcome. This is the part two of our discussion on short-term decisions in management accounting. Give us a thumbs up on the video uh, and then also comment in the chat box any questions you have for us. Uh, like I said yesterday, management accounting is one of the critical subjects that we need to have a lot of content on here. But because we don't get a lot of uh, engagements from it and a lot of queries from it, uh, that is why sometimes we get ourselves limited on it. So give me a thumbs up, share the video. Let's get more engagement on the video. And that way we'll be able to produce more content like this in management accounting and not be focusing on corporate reporting and financial reporting on all those other topics all the time. So give us a thumbs up, share the video. Let's get many people watching. So now that we have finished doing that, let's set out our uh, ranking sheet using the uh, marginal costing principle in that particular case. So we're going to have the products coming up. So product A and product B. Then we're going to have, remember this is the traditional method, right? So with the traditional method, what is going to happen here is that we're going to be having, um, how is it called? The contribution. And if you remember, we said contribution equals selling price minus variable cost okay sp minus vc selling price minus variable cost so let's see what we got here can slash in our currency signs then we bring in the selling price per unit so from the question the selling price respectively are 25 and 28 25 and 28. That's the selling price, respectively. Then we bring in uh, direct material, direct labor, other variable overheads. So material cost, direct labor cost.
So direct material, direct labor, and then other variable cost. So we bring them up respectively in the question. We have 
and that's going to be an amount of 10,000 hours. Then you less it to get the remaining machine hours. Okay, so the remaining machine hours, we're going to be having 38,000 hours. Sounds good, 38,000 hours. I'm seeing some comments coming in. Let me see if we can address them. Sunclair said, good evening. Good evening, uh, Chitu. Chitu, you are, I hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining us. Um, our office said, I just understanding the limiting factor now. Thank you, my master. So fantastic, sir. Thank you very much, Wahid, for joining us. And thank God that you understand the thing now. Isaac Norte Okwan said, Sir, please, which days are set aside for management accounting topics? Uh, we really have not set aside any days. What we do is that based on the questions we have available or based on the requests we get from students, we will cover a specific topic or some topics in that case. So if you want us to do more of management accounting, put it in the comment section, the topics you would want me to cover, and also uh give us more engagement on this video let's get more likes more sharing more thumbs up then that will help us to produce more of these contents Okay, so now we have produced product B. So we will use the remaining hours to produce product A. So product A, we will use the remaining hours to get a unit of product A to make. We will bring in the remaining hours. Okay, the remaining hours. Then we divide that by the machine hours per unit. So if you look at it, we are left with 38,000 hours. And product A uses two hours per unit. So 38 divided by two, <clears throat> that is going to be an amount of 16. Or 19, rather, sorry. 16 will be 32. So 19,000 units. So what is our production plan? Our optimum production plan is that for the A, we make 19,000 units. But for the B, we're going to make the whole 10,000 units. So that's our optimum production plan. Does that make sense? That's our optimum production plan. That is the issue about that. So, for instance, for instance, if assuming, now note this very well, if assuming we had in the question 
a demand available or a contract, what we do is that we will produce that one first before the applying the production plan. Okay, so where there is a contract, where there is a contract to sell or to supply a specific unit of output, a product produce that first before applying the ranking rule before applying the ranking rule so if assuming in the question for products A, for instance, we have a contract with a customer to supply, say, 5,000 units of product A, we will first produce that from the limiting factor. What will be left is what we are going to be using uh, in that particular case. Does that make sense? So that is how we design the production plan for this. So that is the first aspect of our question, which is to uh, calculate the optimum production plan. So this is the optimum production plan that we will make 19,000 units of A and then 10,000 units of B. Okay, so Isaac Norte said, thanks, sir. These are my suggested topics. CVP analysis, transfer pricing, NPV, payback methods, and any examinable topics. Okay. Okay, that's fine. And uh, we even have lecture videos on these uh, on the uh, on YouTube here. So you can check the management accounting playlist on the channel. And we have lecture videos on all of these things. Investment appraisal, break-even analysis, transfer pricing. We have lecture videos even already on that on the channel. But we're going to be looking at some of these things also later on because and solve some questions about them because these are critical examinable areas for management accounting. So Isaac, you can start watching some of the videos that are already on the channel. We did them just last semester also. So they are really applicable at this point. Then Messi Goma said, hello, Inshira. Thanks for these tutorials. Very, very helpful. Be blessed. Thank you very much, Mercy, And uh, thanks for joining us. Stay blessed as well. So now that we've calculated or arrived at the optimum production plan, we can now do the second part of the question. Okay, let's do the second part of the question. And that is, what was the second part of the question? The second part of the question is the maximum profit. So what is the maximum profit? Now stay with me carefully here. Maximum profit. So how do we go about that? We bring in on our products again. So product A, product B, slash in our currency sign if we want to, or we can ignore it. Now, we start with the contribution per unit. So contribution per unit. So you go to your slide here to go and pick contribution per unit so this is contribution per unit so you pick that up five and four 
then you bring your optimum production plan optimum production plan which is 19,000 for A, 10,000 for B. So you multiply that up. We get 40,000 here. Then 19,000 times 5. That's 95,000. So you add the two up, and that gives you total contribution. So that will be 135,000. Does that make sense? So that's how you get your total contribution. Okay, that's how we get our total contribution. Does that make sense? So once we get our total contribution, we need to less face cost. Now the face cost, we're gonna be doing workings for that. So let's do workings for that on this slide. Now be careful about the first cost. If you remember, uh, as a management accounting student, one of the cr critical principles is that uh, for face costs, they remain the same irrespective of the output level. So when you are calculating face costs under this, you're going to be using the budgeted units or the maximum units given in the question, not your production plan. Please be careful about this. When we are dealing with total contribution, that one you will use your production plan. But when it comes to calculating the total face cost, you don't use the production plan. You have to use the outputs given in the question. Why? Because face cost remains the same irrespective of the output level. So that even though mach mach uh, product A, the entity has a plan of producing 20,000 and from the production plan, we are making only 19,000. The fixed cost will still be what? Incurred. Okay? The fixed cost will still be incurred. So when it comes to calculation of the fixed cost, we're going to be using the maximum demand or the budgeted units and not our units for the production plan. I hope that makes sense very well. So we're going to slash in our products. Again, A and B. We can bring in the fixed cost per unit. So first cost per unit is going to be an amount of um, three and two respectively. Then we'll bring in the maximum unit or the maximum demand in units. And that's going to be an amount of 20,000 and 10,000. Not the design plan, not the production plan. So we multiply up, and that becomes 20,000 here and 60,000 here. So our total face cost, it's going to be $80,000. Does that make sense? $80,000. So that's how we calculate the total face cost for this particular one. Like I said, when you're dealing with face costs, you don't use your production plan. 
all you'd use is you're going to be using the maximum unit available. So now that we have that as 80,000, we bring it back to our profit. So we let's face cost from the workings, 80,000. And that gives us an our answer of 55,000 as the maximum profit. Any question? So that is how we deal with the conventional approach for this one. Any questions? That's how we deal with the conventional approach. Any questions for me? Now, what if the same question, but this time around we are using throughput accounting, how will it be like? The same question, but this time around we are using throughput accounting. How will it be like? So let's go and uh, look at a concept if we are using throughput. If we are using throughput. So if we are going with throughput, remember this is not in the question. Remember throughput is selling price minus direct material cost. Because we said in throughput, because we said in throughput, um, in the short term, direct material cost is the only variable cost. All other costs are considered as what? Fixed or factory cost in that case. So products A and B, bring it in our selling price. So if we check our selling prices respectively, 25 and 20, Then we're going to less the material cost. Let's go pick it up. And that is 8 and 20. Sorry. Yeah, 8 and 20. Oh, I'm going to write on that. 8 and 20. This is 28. So you less that, and that gives you your throughput per unit. And uh, this is going to be 8, and this is going to be 1217. There. Then we bring the material, sorry, machine hours per unit. If 
if you remember the machine hours is um two and one i guess yeah we divide and that gives us the throughput per machine hours So 17 divided by 2 will be 8.5. And this will be 8. Then we rank. So this is number 1. This is number 2. So you see that when we were using the conventional approach, marginal costing, we ranked the product and B was having the highest contribution. B was having the highest contribution. But if we use throughput, A rather is having what? The highest contribution. That's the idea. So now that we have this, we can design the optimum production plan. by bringing in the machine hours available. So the machine hours available still 48,000. But this time around we will produce A because A has the highest returns or throughput per limiting factor. Now the question is why are we using the why are we making first the one with the highest throughput per limiting factor? Throughput, like you know, in, in throughput accounting, our objective is to maximize throughput. Okay, that's our objective, which we want to maximize throughput. So if we want to maximize throughput, then that is why we will divide by the limiting factor. So the one that gives us the highest returns for the usage of our limiting factor, we will make it in in-house. Then the one that gives us lowest returns for the usage of our limiting factor probably will be outsourced and buy bought at a cheaper price at the end of the day and brought into the company for the period under review. Does that make sense? So if we make A, we are making 20,000 of A, but A needs two hours. And so that's going to be 40,000. Take it out. And we get the remaining hours. And that's 8,000. So from here, for product B, we can produce 8,000, obviously. It will be 8,000 over 1. That's going to be 8,000 units. So what is our production plan? Very simple. So with product A, we make the whole 20,000. But B, we need only, we can make only 8,000. So that even though we need 10,000, we can only make 8,000 from this production plan. Does that make sense? So based on this, we can then get our profit. 
for the period and the review. So let's de determine the profits for this one real quick. So optimum profit. Now, just like we did in the marginal costing, similar thing will be done here. So product A and B. This time around, we're gonna start with the throughput. We're going to start with a throughput 17 and 8. We'll bring it up. Then we multiply that by the optimum production plan. And we are making how many? all of A and 8,000 of B. So 20,000 and 8,000. So you multiply up to give us the total throughput. So 88 is 64. So that should be 64,000. Then 17 by 20 by 10 is 170. That will be 340. And that will be 340 there. So 340,000. So you add the two up to give us the total throughput. So our total throughput 340 plus 64, that would be 404, if my memory serves me right. So 404,000. Sounds good? So that is the total throughput. But that's not what we are interested in, really. We are interested in the profit. So... Let me put that well, slashing a currency sign here. And let me say total throughput. Four, four thousand. Okay. Then we'll less factory cost. Remember in throughput, our interest is factory cost. And here we're gonna be doing the workings for the factory cost. Remember in throughput, we are assuming that our only variable cost is direct material cost. So all other costs are treated as factory cost. So if we go back to the question, you realize that all other costs, this time around, apart from the direct material, we're going to bundle all the other ones. So labor, 
other variable overheads these three guys will add up as factory cost so this is 12 plus 3 and so that's going to be 15 here that's going to be 6 here okay so the factory cost per unit is 15 and then uh, 6 in that case so you bring in the products A and B so factory cost per unit 15 and 8 then we bring the maximum demand Twenty thousand, ten thousand. You multiply up. Ten eight eighty thousand. Fifteen by ten. That will be one fifty. Three hundred thousand. There. So the total factory cost. It's going to be 380,000. Are you getting the idea? 380,000. So we're going to less that from here. And then we get our net profit. And that'll be 24,000. That's it. So that is the difference between how we deal with this thing in the uh, marginal costing. So under marginal costing, we got a profit of how much? We got a profit of 55,000. But if we use throughput, we are getting a profit of just 24,000 in that case. So that's the difference between the throughput accounting and the marginal costing approach and that is what we mean by limiting factor analysis that's what we mean by limiting factor analysis any questions please any questions any questions wahid said so getting better said okay that's fine any questions So that's the idea. So when we talk about limiting factor, limiting factor, limiting factor, this is what we mean. This is what we mean about that. Any questions, please? Any questions? Now, remember that you can join my Telegram uh, channel. So if you're on Telegram, connect with me on Telegram and check out my channel on Telegram to subscribe because we're going to be doing some exclusive Q&A sessions on telegrams on telegram uh in the course of from next week going so make sure you subscribe to my telegram channel at insura premium the same name here so just search for insura premium on telegram and then you'll find my channel and be able to subscribe to the channel because we're going to be doing some live Q&A sessions there on telegram to really help you 
to prepare well for your examination and most importantly uh pass the exams in that case so make a date and join me or to join me on telegram as we do some q a sessions there okay as we do some q a sessions there okay so that's it about limiting factor analysis from the marginal costing principle and the absorption costing the absorption costing from marginal costing principle and then the throughput principle any questions for me please any questions donald jesri said so under throughput there is no over or under absorption of no 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 there is nothing like over or under absorption of overheads here there is nothing under or over absorption works only when we are dealing with um how do we call it absorption costing but in throughputs we don't over absorb overheads or under absorb overheads in throughput it's it's just a simple thing and we go away with it don't out ibrahim kondewa said hi mr M np i came late from sierra leone okay so welcome uh we are looking at limiting factor analysis this is the part two in case you missed the part one you could watch that on the uh, on my on the channel just check the management accounting playlist or check uh the description of this very video or, or of this video you should be able to get a part one to watch in that case you should be able to get a part one to watch so that's it about limiting factor analysis and that is what i wanted to bring to your knowledge uh or to your notice about when it comes to management accounting like i mentioned um i would love to do a lot of topics on management accounting okay the break-even analysis or cost volume analysis, net present value, make or buy, relevant costing analysis. These are all key topics. Variance analysis, transfer pricing, um, budgeting and budgetary control. I would love to cover some of these topics on the live stream. But the truth of the matter is that, like I said earlier, we do not get engagement on the management accounting videos the way we get on the financial reporting and the management accounting video. And this is our community, so I have to tell you why certain videos we do a lot. So sometimes you are people are like, Ishra, every time you're doing financial reporting, corporate reporting, accounting standards, yes, because we get a lot of engagement from these contents done from the management accounting content. So the number of people who join the live stream, the engagement you have, the number of sharing and all that, that's that's it. So if you want more of the MA management accounting contest content, give us a thumbs up on the video. Um, make sure that you share the video. Let's reach many people. If we get more engagement on these videos, then certainly we have no other option but to make sure that we produce more content to cover some of these topics. Are you getting it? So that is it. So for those of you doing management accounting, push the video let's get more engagement on it because if we do the video and we don't get a lot of people engaging with it or watching it then it will be not too productive like if there are other videos that people have to people want to watch so for those of you doing ma make sure you push the video let's together uh get a lot of people engaged then we will be able to make more of these content so we can assist you all right for fr and cr people i mean they do they do they do their best in that particular case so ma let's do more and then if there are any other topics also you can drop them in the comment section or in the chat 
and I'm going to be checking all of them out as we continue in that case. Remember to subscribe to my Telegram channel. So I'm on Telegram, Insura Premium. We'll be doing some live Q&A sessions there. So make sure you connect with me there. Okay, so Donald said, thank you, sir, noted. All right, you're welcome. So that's it about that. Thank you very much for joining me on the live stream. Remember to follow me on Instagram, subscribe to my channel on uh, Telegram as well. Uh, let's stay connected because we want to see how we can better help you answer some questions that you have uh, for us. So make sure you follow me on Instagram. All our discussion, things to be shared on, will be posted on my Instagram page and also on my Telegram channel so make sure you subscribe to my telegram channel as well and get connected thank you very much i'll catch you same time tomorrow at 4 30 p.m as we continue with our discussion towards the ICA april 2022 examination and uh see what we can do in that case so stay safe and thanks you guys for the thumbs up and then the likes in that particular case eric and here the key on facebook thanks for that and then the, those of you who share the video also Thank you very much. I'll catch you again tomorrow as we continue with our discussion. Bye-bye.